How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 113 of TLDR Podcast. Once again, I am Trade and I am your host um, as we ramp up uh, for the basketball season. Uh, I'm sure Alex will take over hosting for me uh, when the hockey starts. We start to talk about hockey. But before we get into the guys, once again, we got to come out with a with a crazy news story uh, in the sports world. It was actually a little tough for me to 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 really narrow that down. To be honest, I I I'm surprised that there's not a just a a news source that just that just pumps out all of these weird um, stories. Also, I don't know how I follow up the the unbelievable story from uh, from last week, but nonetheless. Uh, Tyler actually assisted me with this one in the, in the last dying minutes of our, uh, before we hit record, uh, let's talk about the Honolulu, uh, little league, uh, the, a little league team that won the world series, um, 13 to three in four innings. They won by mercy rule. They had, they, uh, they, uh, there was not even like a full game played and they, they won by 10 runs. Um, that in I believe it's their first win since 2005. Um, their fourth and last 17 years. So they're kind of a uh, you know uh, they're they're kind of involved uh you know throughout the throughout the last couple of decades. But uh you know what what a what a beatdown, uh what an absolute beatdown. Um, Tyler, I want to thank you for uh, for bringing that story up. That's a good one. Also, uh, let's give a shout out to Serena Williams for her uh, for her um, pretty convincing solo win last night. Um, Good luck in your maybe could not maybe not be your last uh, maybe won't be your last year playing. Um, we will we'll have to see. Uh, let's go right to the guys. Uh, Tyler, baseball guy, how you doing? I mean, how did you even find out about this story with the with the little leaguers? Yeah, I know Lily World Series isn't on a lot of other people's minds, but I always love watching every August. Man, it's just it's crazy to watch those kids. I mean, it, first of all, it just brings back good memories. It's, it's very nostalgic from when I played little league and was trying to go to that uh, little league world series. Um, never quite made it there, but it was still fun nonetheless. And just to see how good these kids are, it's like 12 years old. It's insane. Like they have their swings are incredible. Their mechanics on the mound are amazing. Like they're really talented. And I feel like every year I watch them, like these kids are getting better and better every single year. Like it's crazy. So it's actually good quality baseball, but it's just, it's funny because it's like little league. So it's 60 foot base pass. So, 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 so everything's way smaller. Um, so it's just a kind of a different way to watch baseball, but it's good baseball guy. Like it's really good. Like, unfortunately, like Hawaii just was like so much better than everyone else. So like those games were kind of boring just because they, I'm pretty sure they mercy like almost every team. I think they, I think, I think they played six games total in that tournament. And only, I think two of them, they actually played the full six innings. Um, because all, all the other games, they, uh, mercy the, 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 the other team. So they completely dominated, which so didn't make for quite competitive baseball necessarily, but Dude, they're good, man. Like, there's some kids on, on the Hawaii team. I'm like, it is just incredible to see these kids be that good at that age. Like, it's 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 unreal. That's pretty crazy. Um, I guess you know, when, I guess when the sun's shining for most, or at least it's warm enough to play baseball year round, it, it, that kind of helps. Yeah. Um, true. Not not always the case in some some other areas, which is surprising. My yeah, not Canada, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> And you're in the Northeast or uh, Midwest. I, I I don't think you're playing year round, and that's why you may not be making it to the World Series, um, or at least competing against uh, Honolulu in the uh, in the World Series. Uh, Alex, the Beard of Justice, the, uh, the 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 man we all love here, uh, the basketball guy. How are you doing? What's going on in your life? I'm good. Um, I'm getting old. 
uh, we went camping, we went camping this last weekend and, uh, as we're like setting everything up, getting a little like sleeping pad set up, realized that Gus had like torn a hole in it at some point. So like, it wasn't keeping air. So we're like, well, fuck it. I guess we're just sleeping straight on the ground, the back. It hurts a little bit, you know, we're getting old. Um, but other than that, I'm great. You know, it, it worked itself out. We're fine. If anything, I'll just get a new one or something. Doesn't matter. We, we need we need our nice beds, you know. I think we've I think we've come to come to learn that um, in our quote unquote old age. James, two weeks, man, less than two weeks. Um, two weeks from Thursday, uh, the football season starts. You have two more weeks to to bring us up to speed on all these teams. Um, all I know that you're knee deep in your own work. As games started, if they didn't start this week, they started last week. They started already. They already started. So yeah. you're you're knee deep in work. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm getting kind of in the groove of things at work, so it like gets easier. Just kidding. I'm not. I just like to tell myself that to make myself feel better. On the inside, I'm dying. Uh, but when it comes to football, if anybody out there has a student email they want to give me so I can use it to buy an NFL Sunday ticket, at a discount, <laughs> feel free to send it my way. I'd rather not spend $500. $200 is way better for me. So if you all want to do that to help your boys watch football and be better at this podcast because we watch more football, Send us your email, students only. Thank you very much. Students only, yes. We would greatly appreciate that. Um, you know what? Why don't we, you know, I don't I don't like to, I don't, I don't like to take too many breaks here. Um, we're gonna go, jump right in it. James, why don't I'm just gonna throw right back to you? We're talking NFC South. NFC South, there we go. One or two, like AFC and NFC South, and then we're done with all the previous. So this is gonna be great. Starting out with Carolina Panthers last season, five and twelve. This offseason, the game guard Austin Corbett from the Rams, punter Johnny Hecker from the Rams, uh, defensive tackle Matt Ioannidis from the Commanders, free safety Xavier from the Vikings, and of course, Trayton's favorite man, Baker Mayfield from the Browns. They did lose Hassan Reddick to Philly, Stephon Gilmore to Indiana, CJ Boye to free agency, and Cam Newton to also free agency. Starting out with an over-under of 6.5. Alex, over-under. I'm going to give him one extra win. Uh, now that they officially named Baker the starter, um, I think Sam Darnold got hurt anyway. Um, you know, he's a pretty competent quarterback. Like he makes some, he makes some goofs. Definitely. Um, anything's better than playing on the Browns. Doesn't matter how good they may or may not be. So I'm going to give him seven wins. They go seven and 10. Trayden, what do you think? <clears throat> uh, you know, I, I have to take the under. Um, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't like this. I don't, I don't like the setup. I mean, look, can we, can we think that, can we believe that Chris McCaffrey is going to stay healthy? Is Baker Mayfield going to actually perform? I mean, some would say that he's an upgrade on Sam Darnold. I don't know. Um, <laughs> at, at this rate. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, I just, there's way too many question marks for me, man. So what do you have, man? I'm going to set him right at six. They can't get that seventh. Tyler, what do you think? Johnny Hecker, I just met her, is going to completely turn this franchise around and they're going to get just over, I agree with Alex, uh, seven, seven and uh, 12, 12, seven and 10, seven and 10, math is hard uh, for the season for the Panthers. Slightly better than last year, but yeah, I agree also with trading. Like, there is a lot of question marks in this team, um, injury wise, performance wise. Um, they're just not going to be that great, but I'll, but I'll give them the slight over on that um, over under. So the punter is going to turn, totally turn around this franchise. Yeah, they're going to go from five wins to seven wins just because of Johnny Hecker. <laughs> I love that. Makes total sense. Big yeah. wide receiver guy. Now big punter guy. Fun fact. Yeah. Moving on to fantasy. Quarterback Baker Mayfield, we just talked about. 
QB 23, ADP 167, a.k.a. undrafted. Trading because he's your favorite guy. Do you think he'll throw more now than he did with the Browns? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, because you're probably going to have Christian McCaffrey hurt, so you won't have anybody to run the ball. And he certainly is not the the faintest of feet, I guess. That's what, that's what you want to say. Uh, I, I like the... I like who he has around. I guess it's the only way to move the ball once Christian McCaffrey goes or gets hurt. It's not if, it's when. There's no other way. He has to throw more. Do you think he can be trusted to throw, though? I know no. you said he has to. No. You don't trust him at all. No. But, he, I mean, or they just, they just need, you know, need the ball for, th- you know, hopefully their defense scores. Like, I mean, it's like you have to, you have to throw, you have to do something. So you either trust him to throw or you just, or you have, I guess you got have Chuba Hubbard run, I suppose, but eventually you're going to have to throw and he's just going to, he's going to have to throw more. I think, I think that's just pretty, pretty, uh, pretty obvious. Running back, Christian McCaffrey, CMC running back two ADP is number three, Alex, cause he's on your team. We're going to ask this question here. If he stays healthy and a big question of if, what are the chances he finishes as a number one overall running back? I mean, if he's healthy and plays every game, <laughs> Very high. I mean, 70%. He's, I mean, when he is healthy, he's the best fantasy option in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. Just health is a huge question mark from everything we've seen. He looks, he looks good. Um, You know, if they don't trust Baker to, to throw it downfield, feel free to just dump the ball off to Chris McCaffrey, 70, 80, 90 times a game. That's fine. (laughs) Hmm. 90 times a game. Holy yeah, shit. 90 times a game. Okay, that, that's kind of a lot. Just I would say an exaggeration. Kind but of. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I know that's uh not not real. Yeah, yeah. I exaggerated a little bit. Uh on the theory on the topic of health, what are the chances he stays healthy? Uh 70 30. 73? 70% healthy. 70% chance he stays healthy, 30% chance he doesn't. 70-30. Wow. Okay. Faith. Cool. James he has to say that because he owns him. Yeah, yeah that's uh. really high. <laughs> Considering <laughs> that, like running, there's like two running backs in the league that play all 17 games. Seriously, that's ridiculous. Just stop. <laughs> Just let him be healthy. Everything will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to wide receiver position. Wide receiver DJ Moore. Wide receiver 14. ADP is 36. He is a very good wide receiver who unfortunately just doesn't score touchdowns. He had four last season after he had a thousand plus yards tyler with baker under center now who trading obviously hates now what what is your outlook on dj Moore? you gotta feel like it's gonna improve a little bit but you know in terms of the greater fantasy landscape it's not going to be worth looking at too much um just because i i don't see him you know jumping into that upper um, upper echelon with baker but it certainly is an upgrade so i mean i think you can definitely look at him as a possible flex flex option during some weeks for sure you know that wide receiver 14 means he is a wide receiver too. So he's in a lot of people's starting lineups as a wide receiver, not as a flex. Not mine. Okay. Would you rather have him or AJ Brown? AJ Brown, for sure. Okay. No doubt. No <laughs> bias there at all. Zero. None. Zero. Fly goes fly. Atlanta Falcons are next. Another bird because Tyler likes the Eagles, but birds. Atlanta Falcons, last season, seven and 10. This offseason, they gained quarterback Marcus Mariota and cornerback Casey Hayward both from Las Vegas they lost quarterback Matt Ryan to Indiana wide receiver Calvin Ridley to suspension because he gambled on his own team and 
linebacker Boisade Olokun to Jacksonville, wide receiver Russell Gage to Tampa Bay, and running back Mike Davis to Baltimore. Over under is set at 4.5. Trading over or under? Under. This team is in rebuild. Marcus Mariota is a piece of shit that can't do anything. Uh, I don't know if this defense is going to be good enough. This team is going to be lucky to have three wins. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I'm also going to go under. Just barely. I'm, I'm going to go four. Um, I think there's there's something there to give them um, four wins. Um, but, yeah, I agree. It's it's going to be another long season in the ATL. And then Alex. Uh, birds aren't real, four and 12. <laughs> <laughs> or four and 12. Moving to fantasy, Marcus Mariota, QB number 30, ADP, extremely undrafted. So undrafted that he is literally being drafted next to Drew Brees, Colin Kaepernick, and Big Ben. That's bad. <laughs> Alex, how much money would it take? How much money would you need to take Marcus Mariota and start him in every single game this fantasy season? I mean, obviously, Christian McCaffrey is going to be healthy. So, like, I don't even need a quarterback. Um, <clears throat> I would need a lot of money. Uh, there are a lot of other, pretty much every other starting quarterback I'd probably want over him at this point. Good to know. Running back slash wide receiver, but mostly running back Cordell Patterson, running back 29, ADP 95. He's 31 years of age after converting from wide receiver to running back. That's very old for a wide receiver and very, very, very old for a running back. But he did finish as running back nine last season. Tyler, what does he finish this season? Yeah, he had quite a breakout year last year. Uh, he was my waiver pickup of the season. Uh, he was great. Um, but yeah, it, it, that was going to be interesting. Just going to have a, a, a late you know, career burst like that. Um, I, I feel like it's going to be pretty solid. I, I do. I think he's a little bit better than what ESPN has him. I can see him as like a, like, you know, kind of in the top 20 range. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like he's going to get heavy usage there. So I don't see why he can't put up top, top 20 numbers. Would you rather have Kareem Hunt? Cordell Patterson or Tony Pollard? I'm going to go Patterson. Okay, good pick. A wide receiver, Drake London, the rookie. Wide receiver, 37, ADP, 99. Uh, number eight overall pick out of USC. Trading, does he get more than 800 yards receiving this year? Um, Considering I'm looking at the depth chart and I don't know anybody else besides maybe Kyle Pitts, and that that's where I could I, you could argue that he's going to get a lot of his uh, yardage taken away from. He's the only option at the wide receiver position. I guess you could say Patterson to an extent. I'm going to say he gets over 800. I think this guy's a real deal. Over under five touchdowns. I'm going to take the over here. What do you think? Uh, let's go with six. Okay, just one over. And then Kyle Pitts, tight end number three, ADP 36. Alex, would you rather have Kyle Pitts in the fourth, George Kittle in the fifth, or Darren Waller in the sixth? Oh. Probably Pitts. Um, I shy away from uh, Kittle just because of the 49ers offense. Not that he's not a great tight end, but just for fantasy, it's a little different. Um, I think, you know, with Darren Waller, I think everyone, you know, he had a down year last year. Devonta Adams is there. Obviously, I think we're going to, you know, target share. We'll start coming down a little bit. So I think you want to reach for Pitts there. Okay. Moving on to the New Orleans Saints last season, 98. They have a new head coach in Dennis Allen. He used to be the defensive coordinator, I believe. They gained wide receiver Michael Thomas, kind of. He's been out for a year and then some. Uh, free safety, Toronto Matthew. Free safety, Marcus May. Wide receiver, Jarvis Landry. And quarterback, Andy Dalton. But they did lost, lose left tackle, Toronto Armstead. Free safety, Marcus Williams. And linebacker, Quan Alexander. Over-under is set at 8.5. Tyler, over-under. 
I'm going to go over with the Saints team. I think they're, I think they're going to be good. I feel like that defense um, is, is, I think, one, one of the better defenses in the NFL. Obviously, ever since Drew Brees left, kind of who's running uh, the, the playmaking there and the quarterback situation is going to be a huge question mark. I think James Winston showed some promise, um, but we'll kind of see how that translates into this year. But I think they're good for 10 wins this year. Alex? Uh, I'm thinking they got the same records last year, 9-8. and eight. Um, You know, Javis Winston is coming back from a pretty, you know, brutal injury. Um, I think he should be healthy from, from day one, but doesn't necessarily mean, you know, he'll trust his knee. Doesn't mean, you know, he's really all the way back. So, um, you know, I think they're an intriguing team. I think they'll be fighting for a playoff spot, but I'm going to say they're nine and eight again. And then trade uh, nine and eight. I like them going over. Um, look, they, they won nine games and Jameis Winston was out half the season. And I had a lot of hate against Jameis Winston, but he, he had quite a different season last, uh, at least when he was healthy. You, um, you have a lot, you have, you have quite a, quite a decent, uh, quite a decent receiving core as well to work with. I, I actually think we're going to see this team, um, you know, take a step forward. Uh, you know, nine wins is tough. A nine wins is the same. However, you know, every, every kind of team kind of, kind of uh, comes up as well. And you're going to be dealing with the, uh, you're going to be dealing with your, uh, the top team in your division. So I like them at nine, but with the, with a path to, uh, to maybe even 10. We've got a fantasy Jameis Winston, QB 19, ADP 164. Trading, I know you're a big Indianapolis Colt apologist. So would you rather have Jameis Winston or Matt Ryan? Oh, um, I'm going to say <laughs> this is tough because you, you have uh, you have it, it's it's a risk either way. Um, I think there's a I think there's a there's a safe option and a risk option. And I guess it depends on your situation rate for me. Um, I'm going to take the safe option in Matt Ryan. I think that he's, I think he's under a, uh, he's in, he's in a, a new home that has, that has a little bit better structure. I think a little bit better pieces, um, a little bit better, you know, offensive line throughout, you know, throughout. Um, I just think that the, the floor is more stable, although Jameis Winston has a higher ceiling that he could bust through. He just could be more of a bust if uh, you know, if things don't go his way. Alvin Kamara, running back 780p11. Currently, his eight his legal situation is kind of murky. It looks like he's going to play right now, but at any point in time, NFL can come down and be like, nope, you're done. You're suspended six plus games. So, with that being in mind, Tyler, with the legal situation looming over his head and the fact that he hasn't been as effective without Drew Brees, does he deserve to be a top tier, top 10 running back? Oh, it's hard to say, but I think I'm going to say no. Uh, with like other reasons you said, I think there's a lot of other running backs that can uh, mm-hmm. overtake him in that top 10 position. Um, like you said, with, with the possible suspension and just the last year or two, just, he hasn't been the same Alvin Kamara, but it's hard because he, you know, if he's good and he's on man, he's definitely a top five for sure. Um, so he, I think he still has that in him, but I just don't know if it's going to be this season if ever again. Uh, moving on to wide receiver, you got Michael Thomas, wide receiver 29, ADP 78. His last healthy season was in 2019, where he had 149 receptions, 1,725 yards, and nine touchdowns. Alex, knowing that he's coming off this year where he didn't play and a year before that where he played seven games, what's your outlook on Michael Thomas? Uh, It's not great. I mean, he's already had, uh, I think it was a hamstring injury somewhere during camp. They've said, like, oh, it's not that big of a deal, but 
he has not played in a year and a half. So I think every little injury with him is a big deal. And when he did play in those seven games from two years ago, he was not the same guy. Um, I am avoiding him. Um, I don't know, you know, James, who else is kind of around him in that area. If you want to go for the huge upside that he potentially has, go for it. But just be wary, you could also get nothing. That's true. You definitely can. Fortunately, in our draft, he dropped to like pick like 130, and that's where I got him. So I'm very happy with that. Uh, Taysom Hill, tight end slash quarterback, tight end 25, ADP 169. So he's kind of worked himself out of the QB role recently because he's just bad at it. But there's always a chance that Jameis Winston gets hurt and Taysom Hill is the next man up at quarterback and at tight end. Traden, is there any chance that you roster no. in session? No. Zero. Andy, Dalton's, Andy Dalton's your backup. Done deal. Oh. Okay. Tampa Bay Bucks last season, 13 and four. It's been a really drama filled offseason here. Tom Brady retired, then unretired, then Gronk retired and stayed retired. And then Todd Bulls is now the new head coach. This offseason, they gained wide receiver Russell Gage, who we just talked about from Atlanta, defensive end Akeem Hicks from Chicago, uh, wide receiver Julio Jones from Tennessee, and tight end Kyle Rudolph from Minnesota. But they did lose a substantial amount of people. They lost guard Alex Kappa to Cincinnati, safety Jordan Whitehead to the Jets, tight end OJ Howard to Buffalo, who then was cut recently, running back Ronald Jones to Kansas City, defensive end Jason Pierre-Paul, defensive tackle Tom Sue, and cornerback Richard Sherman, who were all free agents. Over-under is set at 11.5. Alex, over-under. Uh, I'm going to give them the over. Um, I think they're going to go 12-5 and five this year. Um, you know, they're obviously the best team in this division. Um, this kind of feels like the LeBron Cavs in the second stint where Tom Brady's like, I don't fucking care what our record is. Let's just make the playoffs, and then, you know, I'll just do Tom Brady things. Trade. Yeah, I actually think they're going to match what they did last year at 13 and 4. Uh this this team is this team is is world class for this uh for this division. They can beat up they can get easy wins against their division for the most part. Um I just I I I don't have an issue with uh with putting 13 wins on their name. And then Tyler. I'm going to go 12 wins uh for the Bucks. I think they they still have a lot there. The coaching change will definitely be interesting, so it's just something to kind of keep an eye on, but you got Tom Brady as your quarterback. You can never count him out. Um, I feel like he's still got a lot going for him with that Bucks team. Uh, definitely the class of that division, no doubt. 12 wins for them. Moving to fantasy, Tom Brady, quarterback 7, ADP 74. The dude is 45 years old, guys. He's very, very, very old. And Tyler, out of the QB rankings, like honestly, where do you think he ends up? Top 10, top 15? Currently going in drafts, he's beating out guys like Aaron Rodgers, Dak, yeah. Joey, Joe B, and then Russ. Do you think he beats them all out? Where is he going to end up? I've, I've learned a while ago to never doubt Tom Brady and never underestimate Tom Brady. So I think I think he'll finish. I'll give him a top 10 finish. I'll, I'll give him at the eighth, eighth best fantasy quarterback this year. Running back Leonard Fournette, running back 10, ADP 21. Last season, he was healthy through 14 weeks. And in those 14 weeks, he was running back three. This season, he came to camp extremely overweight. I think he was like 40 pounds overweight, and he pretty much lost all that to be ready for camp. Alex, DeAndre Swift is going right ahead of him, and Aaron Jones is going right behind him. Of the three, who would you rather have? Uh, I'd go DeAndre Swift here. I think he is primed for an even bigger breakout. Um, you know, He's probably more of a catch-passing back 
um, than the other two. Um, but with the depleted receiving core, which I would assume you're about to go over, um, you know, if you if you want to get, go get Leonard Fournette, go for it. Um, you know, obviously he seems to be back in shape and ready to go. Um, but I think I'd go Swift there. Uh, like you had alluded to, we're going wide receivers next. What Mike Evans, wide receiver 10, ADP 29. Jaden, last season he had 14 touchdowns. That is a massive amount. Will he once again be relied heavily in the end zone? I, you, you only have to think that. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Cameron Brate's a pretty solid tight end, but this, this, this uh, Mike Evans and, and Tom Brady connection is, is real. Um, we don't know how long Chris Godwin's going to be out. That's, that's, that's a problem, I think. And I just think that they've, they've built this chemistry for years out, year, year on year. And I actually think that Mike Evans has an opportunity to maybe not beat his touchdown rec- record uh, of 14, but definitely come close to, to meeting it. So Trayton doesn't know when Chris Godwin comes back. Neither do we. Only Chris Godwin does. But reports have it that wide receiver Chris Godwin, who is wide receiver 29, ADP 71, might be ready for week one. Tyler, knowing that information that he might be ready for week one, which is a huge might, and that's going to be insane for him to come back that early. But he's been to practice doing his thing. Is ADP 71 too low, too high, or just right? I'm going to go a little too low. I, I, I think this guy has a lot of good talent. You got Tom Brady there. I mean, I don't see why he can't be in the, you know, 50 range. Um, I, I, I think he's definitely got potential. Be you're right, big if with that, with his availability, which is arguably the most important ability, uh, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> and then Julio Jones, wide receiver 59, <laughs> ADP 159. Alex, does Julio Jones have any value whatsoever, or is he just there to lower your confidence in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in that wide receiver room? Um, he's got Sammy Watkins week one, week two upside. Um, maybe maybe a little more than that. That might be a little bit harsh because he's got Tom Brady. Um, if anything, he's a safety net for a possible Chris Godwin re-injury. He's not ready for week one. They're lying to us, you know, whatever. Um, if you want to take a flyer on Julio, like, you know, he's obviously a first ballot hall of famer, but he's past his prime. It's just, it is what it is. Um, but if anyone can get something out of him, it's Tom Brady. I definitely agree. And that's why I drafted him. And that ends my segment. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you very much, James. NFC is done. We will be finishing the uh, rest of the of the fo- uh, football uh, talk next week. We are going to be finishing with AFC South. Um, we kind of tried to James tried to tie it in there a few weeks ago, but we said no. We got to wait till last week before uh, before <laughs> football kicks off. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Tyler's going to take us around the MLB once again. And we're back. Um, we want to talk about the MLB. We always talk about the MLB when Tyler uh, uh, when, when when Tyler's in season. Um, he has some good stuff to talk about. Stuff that at least two of us care deeply about. I know that for a fact. So uh, Tyler, take it away. Now I'm really excited about this segment. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the Angels and them potentially going up for sale, which is a big deal. Um, but 
first, before I get to that, just a couple updates on our on our two home run guys that we're watching. Uh, Albert Pujols hit another home run last night, so he's up to 694. He's slowly making his way to 700. Let's go, Albert. And then Aaron Judge has been on a tear lately. He, he hit home run number 50 last night as well at Angel Stadium. Uh, so he's on on a good track to potentially break that uh, American League record. Um, trying to get trying to get the 60 uh, second time in his career that he's reached that 50 50 home run mark which is very very impressive um, but let's get into the meat of this segment and let's talk about the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim their owner uh, Art Moreno came out the other week and said that he's exploring selling the team those are the, those are the words that he's exploring so he's considering selling the Angels um, which is a huge deal this is obviously a team we talked a lot about that for whatever reason, they just cannot seem to make it happen um, and be a successful franchise. And it's been going on for quite some time now. Um, kind of ever since those early 2000 years, they just really have not been a very competitive team for, for a consistent am- amount of time. Um, so especially with the, with our two Angels fans on the podcast, James and Traden, you know, news of this, are you, are you excited for, the, for a potential sale and a turnaround? And then also, you know, what changes would you like to see if you own the team or change that you would like to see with a new ownership group group coming in um, to kind of make changes and see if they can turn this franchise around? Uh, James, James, I'll start with you. About fucking time. Honestly, (laughs) like this dude has been a cancer to this franchise for a long period of time. He's the type of dude who only cares about money. And we all know that he only cares about putting butts in the seats. He doesn't give a shit about winning, but little does he realize that, Winning equals more people coming to your game. Like that, that kind of makes sense to most people, but not to him. He just wants people there, doesn't care if he wins or loses. I'm glad he's finally sitting on the team. The Angels will, like, will finally have somebody who hopefully will put a winning culture into place. Uh, the big changes I want to see definitely is give more trust to your GM. Moreno was the kind of dude who would let his GM do stuff, but then last second, veto it. Like, y'all remember the trade to the Dodgers a couple years back when the Angels were supposed to get Ross Stripling and uh, Jock Peterson? And it was it went through. And then literally last second, Moreno was like, nah, we're not doing that. Send them back. And that's what happened. Like, my, my guy, you hired a GM who pretty much dedicated their entire life to baseball. Trust them. Like, you're a businessman who did not spend your entire life doing just baseball things. And chances are the new ownership group isn't going to be people who just did baseball. And so you got to trust your GM and people who know what they're talking about to make the decisions that are best for your team. Moreno had a penchant for spending money on big name players who are past their prime. The new ownership group now has a ability to spend money on Shohei and do it. Because this is the kind of guy who is not past his prime, who is in the middle of his prime and continues to get better and better each and every year. Get rid of the Rendon contract, man. That was a bust. He's played less than 50% of the game since he's been on the team. Bye-bye, bro. Figure something out. Like, get him out there. Um, don't make stupid signings like make, signing Albert Pools when he was 30-plus, who was in the back end of his prime, giving him millions and millions of dollars. Don't do that. Spend it on young talent. I saw something recently where the Angels' farm system is second to last. Start rebuilding your farm system a little bit more. Make some trades. Get rid of some aging vets like Rendon and get a little bit more to refill that farm system. That's what they need to do. 
Moreno being gone is going to be fantastic. It's going to send this team in a new direction, hopefully. I mean, the, right now I'm seeing as the grass green on the other, on the other side, but there's a chance that we could get some shit owner who is just like, let's get more money and just be just as terrible as Moreno, if not worse. We could be like the A's. That would be bad too. Um, but right now, I want to see grass is green on their side. And hopefully, this new owner or ownership group will love baseball for what it is and love winning. I like that. Um, it's a lot of change to be made. Uh, but trading, do you, I mean, if you became the Angels owner, like what's the first thing that you're tackling? Because there's a lot of problems. But what's like, what's the first thing you're doing? The, the first thing you're doing is changing the name back to the Cal, <laughs> to the, either the Anaheim Angels or the California angels, however you want to do it. As long as it has not, is not the Los Angeles angels. What he did, you know, instantly while taking over this team was completely disrupt ruin. I guess you could just say fuck up the entire relationship that the Anaheim angels had. And I'm going to continue. And I'm going to call them that from now on the Anaheim angels had with orange County. Orange County is its own, is its own, place it's it, it and 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 p and people are proud of that and and on top of that the angels attendance interestingly is actually pretty high over the um among the mlb teams and the main reason is because of its location and right now uh moreno and and um you know the city of anaheim are quite at odds and 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 the the angels are on their way out and i would you know my first thing is to make sure that there's no way in hell that you let that team move because for how bad they are for their attendance to be that solid. And I actually just drove by it last night as I was going to, to, to Chapman, I was shocked how many people were there at, at late, you know, late in August. And it's simply because it's so easy to the get Yankees to were in town, but yeah, it's the Yankees, man. But this is their sixth sellout of the season. It's because true, but, but uh, angels attendance averaged sixth out of 30 in the last five years right, um, preceding the pandemic. So right, there you go. Um, yeah, no one knew that. No, um, and, <laughs> way to pull and, that. And, uh, and, and it just it just shows that you know when your location is good, it doesn't matter. There people people are still going to want to come see baseball. Um, it, it's it's affordable. It's and you have to make sure that it stays in, in, in Orange County. You need to find your identity with Orange County once again, because um, he ruined that. Second, you need to deal with Otani. I don't know how you you either a you need to find a way to you you're at a crossroads, and I'm not sure I'm not I'm the right person to ask this because as an owner I would be giving I would not have no hands in baseball operations. Baseball operations are for the guys that I hire, not for me. If that means that you need to that you need to move Otani to to invest in your future, I, you I put you in that position to say that I can't say that's the right thing or not. In my heart, I believe that Otani needs to stay given, given everything that happened, but I also understand that he's worth a lot and you, and you could be traded in the off season, um, you know, for, for King's ransom as well. Uh, a lot of, a lot of money needs to be, it needs to be uh, addressed in terms of, in terms of salaries. Um, but most importantly, you need to build a relationship back with, with the city of Anaheim, with the County, with Orange County, and just ensure that, you're going to bring the identity back to the Los Angeles angels who have, I'm sorry, to the Anaheim angels. I just got caught myself uh, <laughs> saying the wrong name uh, That's you know, the for problem. the first time in, in seemingly decades. And that is the problem. Um, so that's where, that's where it starts. It's, it's, it's building, it's building your identity back with the, with the town that, you know, created you. 
100% agree. I mean, I don't think anyone really liked that name change when it happened. I mean, the Anaheim Angels have won a World Series. They were a very successful team. They went to the ALCS multiple times. Um, as the Los Angeles Angels, they haven't done shit. Um, and it, I know that kind of sounds simple and kind of dumb, but like, hey, I mean, I think I think there's a real, real reason to change that name back to the Anaheim Angels. Also, the Anaheim Angels just flows so much nicer. Um, I, don't, I don't think there's any reason why they should be you know, hiding the fact that they're from Anaheim. And I agree with you. I, I think there's a, there's something there that I think, I think Orange County uh, members are proud to be from there. And I think having a team with their name that are from their city just makes so much sense. And when you're trying to be LA, you don't have to be LA it's, and that's okay. You know what I mean? It's, it's be your own team. Be proud of being from, from Anaheim. I hundred percent agree with that. Um, so I think that's a good call. Um, Alex, Less so of the ownership question, unless you want to answer that too. Like, what change would you make? But I want to ask you a hard-hitting question here. Do the Angels make it to, like, do they win a playoff series with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani ever? Um, I'm not sure Shohei's going to be there in time for them to even be competing for a playoff spot. So, do I think Mike Trout will ever win a playoff series? Yes. Do I think they'll do it together? No. Um, I don't. I think Shohei wants out. I don't really know. This is just kind of a gut feeling. Unfortunately, Angels fans, like you're a ways away. Like James said, your farm system sucks. Unfortunately, the best way to get your farm system better is trade the best player in baseball, and his name's Shohei Otani. You should have done it during this trade. Uh, season you would have gotten more but Artie Moreno said no and now he's floating the idea of selling the team and unfortunately like thinking about the timing like selling a baseball team is not something that happens in like you know a couple hours like you can't just walk into the Honda dealership and buy the angels like it's gonna fucking take some time it it, it could be there could be a very strong possibility that Shohei either leaves via free agency or is traded before Moreno sells the team. So like the timing is all fucked up or you, and then if you're the new owner, I guess like if somehow this goes way more quickly than I'm expecting, you just either you give Shohei $500 million. And if he says no, cause he doesn't want to be an angel trade him immediately. And then ask Mike Trout, you've got, eight years or whatever he's got left. Do you want to be here? And if not trade him to, and just start over, like just start over. Cause you're nowhere close. Um, dude, I don't know. Angels, you guys are in a tough spot. Um, I'm assuming it will go through. Like you don't announce to the world. Like oh, I'm thinking about selling my 2 billion. Like the angels are probably a top five. I don't know this off the top of my head. I'm just sort of guessing. Um, like valued franchise because of where they're located. Like my guess would be they're pretty high up there, if not top five, top 10 for sure. I'm assuming they're worth at least $2 billion. So it's going to take a second. It's most likely going to be a group. Um, hopefully Angels fans, you get a group like the Dodgers did. And, you know, cause like the second the Dodgers got sold from Frank McCourt, they've literally been the best team in baseball. Like, they have they have the most attendance. They have the most wins. Granted, the playoffs don't always go their way, but hopefully, Angels fans, I hope that happens for you. I don't know what you're going to do in the next two years, though. 
Yep. Been quite quite the interesting season for the Angels. Uh, we'll see. We'll obviously we'll be following that drama and be updating you guys along the way. But you know, keep keep an eye out for that. Angels possibly going for sale. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty wild story. Um, I'm gonna move on now to my second oh damn moments, and I'm gonna talk about I think hands down the most disappointing team of the 2022 season, and that is the Chicago White Sox. Uh, a lot of these people, including myself, have this team winning the American League Championship this year. And they just all year have just not been good. They've underperformed in so many different areas. They've had a lot of injuries. Um, nobody likes Tony LaRusso as the manager. It's just a lot of negative energy and just everything going on with the Chicago White Sox because of the division that they've been in. They've been in the hunt. They've been really shitty. Like they really have, they've been kind of like they get within two games and like lose five in a row. And then there's, then there's seven back. And then, and then they win seven in a row. And all of a sudden we're, we're talking about them, you know, maybe they'll make a run. It's been a very frustrating season for me and for the guy that really picked this team to, to go far, but they've really tanked here. And, and at a point in the season where they really can't afford this kind of a stretch, they're two and nine in their last 11. Um, they were losing not too long ago to the Royals. I don't know if they won or lost that game, um, but even then they got so two nine those 11 they got swept by the diamondbacks they're losing to the royals these are teams that they should not be losing to uh they currently as of tonight sit five games back in the al central and they're six and a half games back of the wild card so it's not unrealistic for that for them to, for them to come back from that deficit however with now we're come approaching a month left in the season and with the way that the season has gone are you guys officially counting out the Chicago White Sox for making the postseason? Alex, what do you think? The White Sox are officially dead. I'm out. Fire Tony Larusa. You know, Luis Robert and Eli Jimenez are pretty much playing on like half of a leg. Tim Anderson's out for a while. They just don't have it. You know, um, Lucas Gilito's not been as not been the same. Lance Lynn's not been the same. The Dallas Keuchel experiment did not go well. Um, obviously like, you know, players have come out and said like, there's no fire. There's no, this Tony LaRusse is walking guys with one, two counts. Like, I don't know what's going on in Chicago, but yeah, they're, they're done. I'm out. Trading agree or disagree. You guys remember there was another, uh, Sox team that I said didn't have a chicken dicks chance of making the playoffs. <clears throat> The White Sox don't have a chicken dick's chance of making the playoffs. <laughs> You're right about according to color White Sox, by the way. Good job. Oh, the other the other Sox team, the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah. they're they're even more doomed. Yeah. Um, but we don't need to talk about that. Um, the the playoff odds for them right now, and actually, I think this might be before. Yeah, no, this is right now ten point six percent. Um, I have no faith that the, that they'll uh, find a way into the postseason. There's a, they they are going to need a lot of help this late. Um, the Minnesota Twins have four times the amount or, or four times the chance of making the 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 postseason. For Christ's sake, there's no fucking way. And and also, I don't know if you guys noticed that um, Tony Larissa is undergoing medical um, you know medical testing as of today. He's he's not at the game maybe, I mean, I'm not saying that I, 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 sh- I know what well, this might be controversial, but maybe they're just trying to see what it's like without him. 
maybe, maybe he doesn't actually have some medical testing. Maybe it's just like, ah, let's see what we could, let's see what life is like without Tony LaRusso so that they're ready to just kick his ass out of here. I love that. Uh, James, same question. And also I want to follow up with the surprise question because I like throwing these out there as this goes on because I keep popping up questions. You know, so White Sox officially done or not. And also the hiring of Tony LaRusso, do you feel like that was one of the worst managerial hires in the last 10 years? <laughs> okay, so do the White Sox have a chance? No, they're done. Um, but <laughs> the Larusa question, I don't know if you guys remember, we talked about this two years ago, yeah. two plus years ago, whenever he was hired on. And I was like, this dude is so fat, so old, and so unhealthy. He's probably going to die before he makes the playoffs. And it, I mean, like, Trayton said he got medical testing. He said it was a ploy. I think he honestly might be sick. Like, oh, he dude, dude, he's like, he's super unhealthy. Just a misogynistic asshole. Uh, like, just not not a great human. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I did not like that hire one bit, as I said before. And I stick to it. Terrible hire. Absolutely horrendous hire to get somebody to man a team that's full of younger players and have like an older guy to do it who had a different sense of baseball. Cause baseball was different back then when he managed. Now they're bringing him back to manage this new style of baseball. It's just, it's different. Not a great hire. Yeah. I'm going to go out and say that this is the worst managerial hire or coaching hire of any of the four major sports in the last 10 years. Um, it was, I wasn't a fan of it when it, when it began. Um, I'm sorry. I'm blanking on the name of the manager that got replaced. Um, at the moment. Um, but he was bringing this white sock. They were up and coming. Uh, they made the process for some a long time and they axed him. They completely cut that momentum. They bring in this guy that just does have, has zero feel for today's game. He's past his prime. He's dying. Apparently like who knows what's going on with this guy? Like, yes, he has a great career. He's one of the all time best managers to ever do it, but he just was not the right fit. And it, it's, it's been a disaster. Like this, this 2020 season has been an absolute disaster in so many ways. Um, and Tony Russo is a huge part of that, uh, no doubt. So, yeah, I have also officially counted them out, which hurts my soul because I feel like a dumbass calling them American League champions at, for, for in the preseason. But that's baseball for you. It, it, it happens, man. Um, but, yeah, Chicago White Sox not doing great, especially losing to teams like the Diamondbacks and the Royal. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, that, you, it's just bad. It's been, it's been a horrible year all, all year long. So I'm officially done trying to support this team. So, Chicago, see you next year, maybe. Who knows? Um, so let's move on to my final oh, damn. Uh, we have a triple crown watch, which doesn't happen very often. Um, the last one, I believe, was Miguel Cabrera in 2011, I think, if I have my facts straight, um, in, in the American League, which is a big deal. It's, it's, it's very rare when it happens. So for those that don't know, winning the triple crown in baseball is leading the league, either the American League or, or the National League, uh, in batting average, RBIs, and home runs. Okay, so it's basically you're just putting it down – putting together an entirely incredible season and, and leading everyone in that same category. The player that is currently really close to achieving that is the St. Louis Cardinals, Paul Goldschmidt. He's, I think, hands down the NL MVP. I don't think anyone really comes close to, to touching him on, on, on that award. But if he can add the triple crown, he's really close. I think he's got a really good chance at it. So currently coming into this podcast, he is first in batting average at 335. The next closest to him is Freddie Freeman, who's at 327. That's a pretty solid eight-point lead right there. Um, he is tied first in RBIs as of tonight. I don't know if that's changed since I last uh, uh, 
wrote these notes in. He's tied with Pete Alonso. Uh, the next closest of, other than Pete Alonso are both Arenado and Olsen with 87. So really it's just him and, uh, and Pete Alonso for the RBI title. And then finally in home runs, he is second in home runs currently at 33. He is trailing Kyle Schwarber of the Philadelphia Phillies, who is 36. So he's three home runs behind him, which is not that far away. That's definitely doable in a month. Um, it's it's going to take a lot. It's definitely not, you know, super close, but definitely, definitely a, a achievable. So obviously this is really exciting. I love it when we can come down to this final moment and, and kind of see these personal achievement half, achievements happen. Does Paul Goldschmidt get the triple crown? How confident are you guys that he can do it? Trading, what do you got? Um, I, I it's going to be tough to to make up those uh, those home runs. I have to, you have to think. I mean that 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 two two seems like a lot. I mean I know I know it doesn't seem. I know I know at first blush it doesn't because you can rail off two in a game. You know it's happened before, but it, it's going to be tough to 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 chase that down. Although, you know the way this guy's playing, he's been, he's, he's had quite the second half and I would not be surprised if, um, you know, if he can do it. Um, I, you know, I, I think, I think it's honestly 50, 50 in my mind. Like I, I, I it's, it's a bit early yet. I'd, I'd like to see him have a really solid week. I think his last game, he, he had a, he had a rough day. Like yeah, I think he went over four or something. It happens. I mean, I'm not saying that he's fucked, but those types of games, you know, when you give up those opportunities that, it hurts when you're in that race, but the most important thing is you were right that it was uh, Miguel Cabrera back in 2012. But the, but the more important stat is that in the NL, it hasn't been since 1937. Uh, and that was uh, Joe Medwick of the Cardinals. Interestingly enough. Oh, there you go. Uh, uh, so very, very, very long time ago. Uh, so that, I mean, that alone makes it even that much you know, more special. I mean, I know it happened, you know, what, nine years ago or 10 years ago in, uh, in the AL, but well over that in the NL. James, what are your thoughts on this triple crown watch? Trains at 50, 50, I go 20, 80, mm. 20% that he gets it. 80% that he does not. We're going to talk a lot about home runs here. How trading said two runs is pretty hard to come back from. And I, I agree, especially because the max that, Paul Goldschmidt's ever had in his career in a season is 36. That's the most he's ever had. And right now, Schwarber is at 36. So the chances of him getting to his max and then some are relatively low, in my opinion. Granted, there is a month plus left and he's hitting great. Um, but he's more, he more hits for average and he's great at average. Like there's no doubt in my mind he's going to hit, he's going to win the batting average title there. And RBI is because of the fact that the Cardinals are surging right now and the offense looks great. People can get on base ahead of him. And if people can do that, his RBI numbers, RBI numbers will skyrocket. And that's what they're continuing to do right now. It's just the home runs that get me down. I don't think he'll get past 36, 37. If anything, he'll get to 37 this year and have a new max career home run. But I don't think he's going to go past 37. And I don't think that 37 is going to be enough to secure the triple crown. Alex, what do you got? Triple crown? Yay or nay? I want to say yes, because I think it would be dope. Um, but I'm going to say no. Um, I just think I think he's got the average. I mean, if anyone, you know, Freddie is on a tear, so he could catch him. But um, I think if the Cardinals were in a more precarious playoff spot, there'd be a better chance. But, like, they're pretty much locked into the three-seed NL Central winner. 
Um, and like James was saying about the homers, like Kyle Schwarber and the Phillies are going to be fighting until the very last day to make it in. Um, you know, either, you know, them, the Padres, um, and the Brewers are kind of all jockeying right there. So I don't think he's going to get there. I hope he does. I'm a big Paul Goldschmidt guy, even though he terrorizes the Dodgers, but I don't think he gets there. Um, two things, Rick Renteria, I looked it up, was the other Chicago manager. Thank you. Um, and then the worst hiring ever, obviously, is Mike D'Antoni. Fuck that guy. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's in the last 10 years, but Wait, you, Mike D'Antoni. Mike? Lakers. Oh, okay. Got it. I thought I meant baseball. I was like, there's no, 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 no way. Any, any sports. Yeah, Fuck that guy. Yeah, that, um, that also, Judge, Aaron Judge just hit number 51. I was going to update that, uh, but you stole my thought. Okay, hold on. Time out. Dude. Sorry. I didn't really say any sport. Rudy Tom Jonovich. That's worse than Mike D'Antoni. Wow. Come on now. That's a great name. Yeah, but he coached for like four games and was like, yeah, I'm out of here. Like that was, <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Maybe, <laughs> that'll, maybe that'll be a future segment. Worst manager of hires of all time. Uh, but Tony mm-hmm. says got to be up there. Um, but yeah, so yeah. So as uh, that's going to wrap up my, my, my segment for baseball, as Alex mentioned, Aaron judge, while we were speaking, hit homer number 51. So he's got an, 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 another one up there. The Dodgers beat the Mets. They're the first team in 90 wins this season. Let's go Dodgers. We're absolutely killing it. Um, and yeah, so I agree with you guys. Triple crown watch. How awesome would it be though for Cardinals fans? Like you get a guy that gets wins, wins, wins triple crown and Abuels hits 700 in the same, you know, month. Basically, of, of, that'd, be, that'd be pretty freaking dope. And you make the playoffs. Like, you gotta be as 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 a Cardinals fan, you gotta be like on the edge of your seat watching every single game right now. So good for you, Cardinals fans. But that's what I got for baseball. Yeah, that's like a fan's own triple crown. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> in some respect. Uh, thank you very much, Tyler. Um, loved it. Uh, we're we're just rounding out the last month here, so uh, we'll see we'll see how everything shakes out. Um, it's getting pretty interesting. Uh, when we come back, we're going to end the podcast with Alex's basketball talk. Um, we're talking about the, not the shit, but not the greats, the, the, the mid tier, I guess. I'm trying to think of something a bit wittier, but I'm not that witty. So when we come back. basketball time here we go we're gonna be talking about the mid-tier eastern conference teams uh you know five teams that you know just couldn't just couldn't sniff the 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 top top spots but uh alex is gonna take us all the way through it yeah so we're flipping back to the east uh the teams that finished 10 through 6 last year so these were all play in and or play off teams um but first just some little Things that happened in the week that we missed um, less than 24 hours after we had the podcast last week, Chet Holmgren uh, hurt his foot with something that I don't understand. So maybe one of you AT guys can explain Liz it Frank. to me. What? Liz Frank fracture. That was on my, okay. on my, my lower extremity. Okay. He got an, and he got an, and Frank fracture and he's now got a, <laughs> a diary. I don't know. Either way, he's out for the year. He's fucked. Uh, obviously we, Talked a lot of shit last weekend or last week. Um, and then it kind of came to fruition. The next day. Uh, yeah. yeah, literally like 24 hours. Um, he seemed to get hurt playing in a pro-am game um, against LeBron. Like LeBron was going in. LeBron was probably going at like 30% and Chet hurt his foot. So uh, I don't know, boys, <laughs> if you have just any thoughts on him and like that injury, go ahead. 
Fuck that guy. I was right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was like, I don't know how Jack Skellington's going to do against guys like LeBron James. And yes. that's exactly what happened. It was crazy. It was like, we, we nailed it. Yeah. He's going to have to bulk up. The only guy that can play that skinny is KD. Um, yeah. And he's a freak of nature. So good luck. Um, and then a trade did happen. Kind of an interesting trade. Um, Patrick Beverly got traded from the Jazz, who he never played a minute for, um, to the Lakers for Talon Horton Tucker and another guy who I already forgot. doesn't matter. Um, very Johnson. interesting. Um, obviously, with Russell Westbrook, who's still on the team, Pat Bev and Russ have never gotten along. Um, you know, we'll just go real quick on this because we already covered the Lakers last week, but this was kind of an interesting trade. So Lakers, Laker boys, your thoughts on this? Does this potentially now push Russ out? Just make it quick because we got a bunch of other stuff to talk about. I think it's very interesting because GM Rob Palenka was like, I'm going to choose Taylor Horton Tucker over Alex Caruso. And then he trades away Taylor Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson for somebody less than Alex Caruso. Just poor planning on both sides there. Uh, Pat Bev is a great defender. Russ is a great defender. I have no idea that rotation is going to work out. It just seems to make it way more muddled. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the Lakers see in in uh Russell Westbrook to keep him keep on the team, but they see something. So like I said, I'm like, all right, let's see it then. That's kind of where that's kind of my position Lakers fan. Like, let's see it. Then let's let's prove that this guy can actually be good with Pat Bev on the team. It's even more confusing, but it doesn't make sense as a fan, but we'll we'll see what happens on 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 the court, I guess. Yeah, the only thing I can think about is like it gives them a lot more defensive grit, which is you know, how they kind of won the 2020 championship. They were the best defensive team. Um, you know, Pat Bev's not known for his offense, but he's a pretty decent, you know, spot shooter. So obviously Russell Westbrook's shot has just completely lost. He's completely lost it. So it, it seems like, a you know, an upgrade. I think he's, you know, I think he's more helpful to the team than THT would be right now. So we'll see what happens. There's still potential for things to go crazy we still have you know a month and a half before the season starts so whatever let's go let's let's go to the teams that we were supposed to talk about um so we're going to start with the charlotte hornets who finished 10th last year uh 43 and 39 um out is montrez harrell isaiah thomas and really kind of a, the bigger story is miles bridges who's has three felony charges I'd fuck that guy obviously we're not going to talk about him um they really didn't do much in the off season via like free agency. Um, they had Mark Williams out of Duke in the 15th overall pick and Bryce McGowan's second round pick out of Nebraska. Uh, Gordon Hayward is still on this team that I kind of forgot that he was there. Um, when I was doing my research about the Hornets, I'd like totally forgot he was still there. LaMelo obviously is the face of the franchise already. And Terry Rose is also still there. Uh, tie tie. Other than them blowing off the ceiling with their announcers, who, if you have not seen, it's like Eric's favorite thing to talk about. Um, what is the ceiling with the Hornets? If Gordon Hayward can stay healthy, he averages like half the games a season. Um, he's kind of the Anthony Rendon of the NBA right now. Tying it all back in, baby. Um, just your your thoughts on the Hornets, the ceiling, um, you know, can we see growth from this team? Are they kind of stuck in this, in this mid tier? I kind of go back and forth with it. I feel like their ceiling is maybe slightly better than middle tier. Like maybe like 
a six, seven seed in the East. Like, I feel like if, if Gordon Hayward stays healthy, I feel like they've got some talent there and they can win a, win a few games and be competitive. I don't think they'll do much past that. Like, I don't think, I don't see this team winning a playoff series against those, those, those top teams in the East. Um, but I think they're excited, the potentially very exciting team, obviously, you know, I think they've got a lot of entertainment value. Um, but I don't know. I just don't know if the moves they made are enough and if we'll see any more growth than we've already seen from some of the, your, your young guys. But if, if Gordon Hayward can stay healthy, I think that definitely makes them a better basketball team for sure. And I think that puts them in kind of like that, you know, second uh, half of the, of, of, of the playoff teams there. So I, I think they could be a six, seven at best, but I don't really see it being much more than that. They had 43 wins last year over under 46 and a half, I guess. Cause that's how over unders work. I'll go over. I'll, I'll say, I'll say they'll, 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 they'll reach 50. 50 okay. If they're a 50, 50 win team, oh. that's more like a four. That's a four. That's like a top four. Yeah. Oh, probably. Like 50 wins in the NBA is like you're 40, 40, 45. Okay. So under 46 oh, under. and a half is then. Cool. Got okay. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the Hornets feel like a, they feel like a, a friend, like I'm always going to go back to the normal non-playing tournament things. I don't really like the playing tournament. Um, they feel like a fringe contender, like to make the playoffs, but don't really feel like a real contender to, to go deep in the playoffs, even potentially make an NBA final. So, um, you know, they're an exciting team to watch. LaMelo Ball is a really fun player. Um, obviously, MJ still has a lot to do with the Hornets. So, you know, hopefully he can kind of steer that team in a, in a good direction. Um, they've got sweet jerseys, so that's pretty cool. But I think they're, I think they're still a piece or two away from really contending in the East. Um, I, yeah, I would say like 45 wins, Tyler. I kind of agree with you. I think they'll get a little bit better. Gordon Hayward, man, like, I hope you can stay healthy. You know, you came out of Butler. You were super exciting. You were fun on the Jazz. You, you know, you broke your leg in the first four seconds you are on the Celtics, and you've just never really been the same. Um, and that sucks, man. So I hope things get better for you. Well, you know, good luck, Charlotte. I believe in you, buddies. Um, okay, moving to the Ohio team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They finished 44 and 38. Um, out is Ed Davis and Rajon Rondo in Robin Lopez, who came from the Magic. And Ricky Rubio comes back to Cleveland, who came from the Pacers. And they drafted Oche, a god, a, a job. I don't even know. <laughs> a, okay. A G B A J I. Agbajavi. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, with the 14th pick, he comes out of Kansas, uh, which is obviously a very big basketball school. Um, they were the Cavs are kind of one of the feel good stories of the year last year. You know, partway through, they were a top four team. They kind of looked like they had like kind of started their rebuild almost like or gotten there like a year early. You know, we, we see this a lot in sports. There's always like, man, they feel like they're one year away. And then they kind of these teams kind of come out of nowhere. Um, injuries hurt them down the stretch. You know, obviously, so much about basketball is staying healthy, but. If they can stay healthy, James, and we see growth from rookie of the year candidate Evan Mobley from last year, can they get out of the plan? Can they finish as a top six seed this year? I I don't think so. Uh, the reason being, well, first of all, I want to talk about health. And let's talk about Kevin Love. For the first time in like six years, he was actually healthy. 
My boy played 74 games off the bench. Props to him. Um, but I think what you really need in the NBA is a great group of core players and a superstar in order to succeed. The Cavs don't have that superstar right now. Evan Mobley is good. He will be better than he was last year. Darius Garland is going to expand on his breakout season from last season. He'll be a great three-point threat and probably average a double-double, honestly. Get 20-plus points, have 10-plus assists. That'd be amazing. And signing Karis LeVert is good. He's going to be – or not signing, but training for him towards the end of the year is going to be great. Having Rick Rubio there to kind of guide everybody as the vet who knows what's up. They have a good group of core players, like a very good group, but they are still lacking in the superstar that can get points whenever that person wants to get points. That's what you need in the NBA. And until they get that, or if somebody, until somebody develops into that superstar, they're destined for a playing spot right now. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this on this podcast probably 12 million times, but the NBA out of any of the four major sports is definitely the most star driven you need a star to win the championship. Like if you do not have a star, you're not winning a championship. I mean, just look at the last 10 years. You're either Steph Curry, LeBron James, or Kawhi Leonard. The last 20 years, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, you're winning um, other than like the 2004 Detroit Pistons. That's like the only team in the in this last 22 years that didn't have a star on your team to win the championship. So yeah, James, I like what you said. Um, you know, if we see some growth from the Cavs, you know, hopefully they'll they'll kind of go get going. Um, kind of same question. So they were right around that 43, 44, um, 40, 45 and a half over under. Over uh 48. Okay. That's I mean, that's wow. You know, it doesn't seem like a whole bunch in basketball, but Four more wins. A lot of those teams get really close right there in the kind of bottom tiers of the play-in. So um, I like that. Okay. Um, moving to Georgia and the Atlanta Hawks. Um, after making the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago, they faltered uh, last year to a 43-39 and 39 record. Um, they've had one of the busiest off-seasons out of anybody. So just bear with me here. Danilo Gallinari goes to Boston. Kevin here goes to SAC. Kevin Knox goes to Detroit. And DeLon Wright goes to Washington. And Trent Forrester, A.J. Griffin, was the 16th overall pick out of Duke. Mo Harkless, Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday, Frank Kaminsky, and really the most important part, Deontay Murray out from San Antonio. There's now a lot of pressure in Atlanta to succeed. They had a down year last year um, trade-in. So... Deontay Murray and Trey Young are both point guards. I know the NBA has kind of moved away from traditional, you know, positions, um, but they're both ball, like on the ball. They need the ball in their hands. We thought this was an issue we talked about with the Lakers, with LeBron and Russ. It didn't work out in LA last year, in case you haven't heard. How do you think they'll work together? How do, do you see this as an improving, improving team or a decline? Because we thought the Lakers were improving and then they declined. What do you think about Atlanta um, and the moves they made and how will these two guys work together? Well, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's always going to be tough when you have two guys that need, that need the ball, but I, I, I think, I think these guys are going to find ways to complement each other. And I think it's, I think some of it's going to come down to, you know, 
it, it, something as simple as relieving some of the stress that Trey Young had, you know, or some of the weight that Trey Young has to bear. Uh, Murray's going to be able to, to handle it on the scoring side. He's going to be able to handle it on the playmaking side. And I think they're going to find ways to find synergies to, to make it work. The biggest thing, though, I think is is the game maybe on the defensive side is it should improve. I think Murray, I think Murray is a better is a is a guy that you bring in into to improve your defense, which has kind of a been was one of their biggest issues last season. Um, I, you know, they, they were, they're a prolific scoring team. I and mean, then they're in the top, they were in the, I'm sorry, they were third in the, in the, um, in their conference in scoring, but they're in the top, they're in the bottom five in terms of, uh, you know, points against. So just shoring that up is going to earn you alone, probably three or four wins, you know, right there. So if you can, if you can show up your, uh, your defense there. So I, I actually think that these guys are going to find ways to, to complement each other. I know that it's been, you know, it, it's been tough for some in the past, but, um, you know, it, it seems like they're, they're excited to, to get to work together. And, you know, I, you know, I, I, I could, I could talk your ear to death is to say, you know, one way or another, but I think it's just going to be up to them to, to, to figure it out. But more importantly, I think the defensive side needs to, needs to, uh, needs work. And I think that Murray's going to bring that also, they need to figure out how to win on the road. Uh, their their home record is dominant, but their their record on uh, their record on, on the road was awful. So they need to shore that up for sure as well. Yeah, you know this is still a pretty young team, so I don't really know how much that you know road record home record will change. It might not change all that much. Um, Trey Young's never going to be a good defender. That's just part of his deal. It's just not going to happen. Just like Steph Curry's never going to be a good defender. It's fine. Um, I just, I, I think this team got better. I thought that about the Lakers last year. I don't know what to think about the Hawks. Like I think Murray is one of the most underrated players in basketball. And unfortunately it's because he was on a Spurs team that unless they're competing, they don't get a lot of attention because they're in the market that they're in. Um, Atlanta's a huge market. There's not a lot else going on in that part of the country with professional sports teams. You know, Florida's its own thing. But other than that, it's just Atlanta. So, like, they get a lot of coverage. Um, I, I want to say this team's better. I want to say that they can crack the top six. And then I'm looking at the teams in front of them, and I'm like, I just – I don't see it. Like, I just don't see it. So, I kind of feel like they're destined to be where they're at right now. Um, maybe they'll surprise me. I could be wrong, but I just, the top part of the East is just so loaded that I, I don't think they did enough to really like step themselves up into like that, those upper echelon of teams. Um, who knows Atlanta, prove me wrong. I'm wrong quite a bit. So, uh, speaking of a team who we thought was going to be the upper echelon and then wasn't, and then had this just the dumbest offseason of all time, the Brooklyn Nets. So they, you know, at the beginning of the year, it was finals or bust for the Nets. Uh, it was a bust. We'll just put that out there right now. Uh, the James Harden thing did not work out. They obviously traded him away. Um, the guys that they lost, if this was 2010, would be like an incredible starting five. LaMarcus Aldridge, Bruce Bowen, Goran Dragic, Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin. If this is 2010, that team's like competing for the final spot. Um, in they traded for Royce O'Neal and TJ Warren. And I guess most importantly, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are still there. Apparently, they're willing to play. 
I don't know. Um, I've heard rumors that Kyrie tried to restructure his contract. So he only had to play like 60 games a year and doesn't, doesn't want to play back to backs. Kevin Durant seemed to have these big issues with ownership and Steve Nash. Nothing changed. He's just here. I don't know if Kevin Durant just wanted to be in the limelight all off season. I don't fucking know what that guy's going on with what's going on in his head, but KD and Kyrie are still there. In case you forgot, they also Ben Simmons is there, hasn't played a minute, you know, for health reasons and other reasons. Um, the boys seem to have a lot of strong opinions about the Nets, so I have a feeling they're all going to have to have something to say. So, same question as they had last year with this team, assuming everything is the same a month and a half from now. Finals are bust for the Brooklyn Nets, and or give me your thoughts on just the whole thing. Um, Ty, Ty, let's start with you. All right. If if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, like you just have to be in the worst position. I think this team has the expectations of winning a finals and there is a 0% chance. There's a negative percent chance that they're winning the finals this season because of the fact that there is zero commitment from so many different players, coaches, ownership, GM. This team does not, they have zero identity. They don't know what's going on. They players like Kyrie and I would, I'll even call KD out on this. I've forgotten what it's like to be part of a team. You know, it's that kind of we before me mentality. They don't have that. It's all about them. It's selfish, uh, be, 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 it's selfish be, be behavior. And I just don't want any part of it. Like I, I, I think they'll win enough games to maybe make the playoffs, but there's no way that this is a basketball team. This is a collection of, of selfish stars that only want to better themselves, to make money, to sit games out because they don't feel like they can be competitive. I don't even know what the fuck's going on with that. Um, it, it, it's, it's just a bunch of selfish players all collected into each other with a team that has zero kind of team identity. Teams like that never win championships ever. I mean, unless you guys can think of one on top of your head, the team of just like a bunch of selfish players that came together and won like, I don't think I've ever seen that. Like for team sports, you have to have an identity. You have to have a good team culture to win championships. You just do. So like I said, I think talent wise, of course, they're going to be good. They're going to be competitive. They're going to probably make the playoffs, but they're not going to win a championship. So in my opinion, there's no point in watching the, the Brooklyn Nets other than the drama that's associated off the court, which if you're into that kind of stuff, great. And I mean, be honest with like, of course we're into that. Like I tune into you know i see that that that, that those updates of course i, I want to know what's going on but in terms of a basketball sense i have zero interest in this team at team as a basketball team it's all about the, 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 the off-court drama for them um it it's just i feel like it's going to be just another big huge letdown of a season there's zero percent chance that this team's winning a championship zero james tyler said zero percent chance thoughts on that thoughts on the nets and is you know i mentioned it kind of the beginning with katie pretty much saying he doesn't like steve nash blah 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 is steve nash is his butt already getting a little toasty uh so to the first part zero percent is harsh especially on a season that has yet to begin or even close to beginning very harsh we talked about earlier about health there's a chance that every single team in the east could have major injuries which just leaves the nets just walk in there and make the finals there's a chance there's a chance. Is it zero? Is it like high? No, but absolutely at this point in time, the Nets have a shot with that much talent on their team to make the finals. That being said, they won't. 
They definitely won't. I you with whatever Tyler said about chemistry and having people play as a team. There's no semblance of that in Brooklyn whatsoever. Uh, so Tyler, spot on on that. Is it zero percent? No, but everything else said was correct. Steve Nash. That might be the first time you've ever said that about something Tyler said on this podcast. That is 100% correct. Mark it down. <laughs> Episode 113. It took 113 episodes, guys. But if I really <laughs> Finally. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> you finally smartened up. Good shit, Ty. Woo. Um, uh, but talking about Steve Nash, I feel bad for the dude. He is definitely on the hot seat. But he was given a tough task. And, I mean, props to him for taking that task. But he was put on a team with a lot of persona and a lot of belief and a team that was expected to win ASAP. And for the guy who has never coached a team before to be put in that position is tough. I do believe that if given a second chance, Steve Nash is a good coach. He was a good point guard and ran his teams really, really well. Typically those are great coaches. He was just put in a tough spot with all these personalities and honestly, just these restrictions placed upon them, like the COVID restrictions that didn't give him a fighting shot. He's probably going to be fired after this season because the Nets won't make it to where they need to be. But honestly, Steve Nash should be given a second shot. Yeah. Um, kind of reminds me of Steve Nash and like Jason Kidd when he took over for the Bucks. Um, obviously, we've seen Jason Kidd then be successful as an assistant. He's taken over in Dallas. We'll talk about that in, uh, possibly next week. Um, Trayden, you're a fan of a team that has lofty expectations, that has – uh, not always met those, but like that's fair to say. Kind of your, I mean, you also have been known to go on some rants about some teams. The Brooklyn Nets are, you know, they've been the team in the offseason. Um, I mean, just kind of the same questions I asked the boys, just your thoughts. Um, I'm sure you have them. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, we usually we put the we we bring the phrase championship or bust to teams that are, you know, have an aging core. Or, you know, we I think we said it about the Lakers last year, but look, they still have the same core. So can we really say that? Um, you know, I, I still think um, if, if the Rams hadn't won the 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 uh, Super Bowl, I think they'd still have, you know, Matt, Matt Stafford, Sean McVay. They'd still, they'd still be running it back, even though even though they kind of went all in this Nets team is different. This might be the most championship or bust team of all time. Of all time. And I say that because of everything that has has transcended to this point. You have Kyrie. Like, look, if if the Nets were to win the championship, right? We know uh, KD is going to stay. He's not going to ask for a trade. He's going to he's going to prove he's going to prove to himself and everybody. Oh, I did it. There we go. Kyrie is probably going to prove himself that he that he's that he can um, get his contract in in uh, in Brooklyn. Ben Simmons probably will shake off any doubts that he had, and Rick uh, and Steve Nash will look like he uh, you know he, he's the savior of everything. Um, and uh, you know, and on top of that, you know, it's all these question marks that that have led to this whole thing that you know the Nets are the biggest clown show in the NBA. It's all it's all of those things. But if they win, all of that disappears. It's like oh wow, it actually worked. Right. If they don't, Kyrie screams like a bitch. I'm sorry. Uh, KD screams like uh, cries like a little bitch and goes to uh, and, and goes to probably L.A. somewhere or whatever he wants to fucking do because he's a little baby, baby ass bitch. Uh, you have Kyrie. That's just going to prove once again that, that he's he, that he's useless in the NBA. Ben Simmons, just just the same. Ben Simmons is useless as fuck. St- Steve Nash gets canned and it's and it's a sad, sad day for everyone. And you know what? I, I wouldn't be, have half the mind that the, that the owner just fucking sells the team. Cause he's like, you gave me too much of a headache anyway. 
like there's so many things that will go wrong when they don't get the championship. That's why it's, it's, it's it, the entire organization implodes once, once they don't win the championship, because if they do, we all forget about it. It's like, Oh, wow. They were right. It actually worked. Enough said. Mm. I did not think about the whole KD like needs to win a championship. Like he's kind of got to do what LeBron has to do because LeBron won his championships with their bit with his big three in Miami. And they kind of had to prove it by winning one in Cleveland. KD has not won shit without Steph Curry. And like KD's kind of got to, you know, shut up and prove it a little bit. That's a really good point. Also, you definitely almost said Rick Nash, just everyone. I almost did say Rick Nash. Almost always thinking about hockey. Almost always. Um, (laughs) I'm tired of talking about the Nets. We have one last team, um, the Chicago Bulls. So they finished uh, 46 and 36 last year. Out is uh, Troy Brown. He goes to the Lakers and Tristan Thompson. Nobody gives a shit. Um, In for some backup depth, um, Goran Dragic and Drummond, who come from the Nets, um, Curly Jones, and then Dallin Terry, who is the 18th overall pick out of Arizona. This was a this was a good year for the Bulls. No, no joke about it. They, you know, have not been good since like the Jimmy Butler days. Um, you know, they've kind of been uh, just kind of kicking their feet a little bit. DeMar DeRozan came in um, and, you know, he had a career at 32. Vukovic is aging. Caruso involved health issues. Was this the best they can get? Or is are the are, are the Bulls contenders in the stacked East? Um, we'll do this real quick, but um, Tyler, what do you think about the Bulls? Yeah, another in- intriguing team. I feel like they definitely uh, overachieved a little bit um, last season. So I think I think a lot of things went right for them. So I think I think they have to have that kind of similar thing happen for them. But I don't know. I, I think I think they're a playing team. I, I I think they got they they've got enough there. Um, maybe a slight regression. I, I just feel like they just kind of overachieved a little bit and then didn't like improve a whole lot for me to have a whole lot of confidence in them to do much more. Um, but I think they will be a pretty decent team, you know, playing team for me. Uh, James, anything on the balls? Yeah. Tyler, you're an idiot. I take back everything. Yeah, you there you go. Right. Wow. My boy, Lonzo ball was out half the year and that's when they started sucking. Lonzo ball. Yeah. Lonzo ball. Lonzo ball is <laughs> solid. You dumbass. Lonzo Ball, Alice Caruso definitely had injury problems second half of the year. I love Alice Caruso though. When they, when they went down, so did the Bulls. They should be healthier coming into the season, and with that, the Bulls will be better. I think the Bulls are definitely better than a play-in team. They can have fifty-four plus wins on the season. Wow, Woo! that's, that's a, a lot of wins. Actually, I think that's first. That would that would have made them first in the conference. Fifty-four. Yes, fifty-four would have been a the first overall seed in the East. Fifty-two. <laughs> <laughs> they would have been that, in between Miami why, and Boston. That's why when you guys started saying like 50, I'm like, uh, do they know that the top team was 53? Yeah, that's a lot of it. They're gonna be up there. They're gonna be they're gonna be okay. up there. Okay. I will clip that and we'll see what happens with that. I don't think they'll be there, but um if DeRozan can repeat and Vukovic can be better and Caruso and Ball can be healthy, that's a big step. Um Zach Levine is still a beast and he's kind of the one in his prime right now. So hopefully he can carry that team. Uh, Trade in. That is all I got next week. We'll go to the mid tier teams in the West mid tier teams in the West next week. Um, thank you very much, Alex. Um, I, I'm 
I'm getting a little bit better with the basketball thing. I like to think maybe not. I did almost say Rick Nash. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> always thinking about hockey here. Uh, look, we want to, we want to thank you once again. Um, it's been a, it's been a wild ride for 113 uh, episodes now. Um, you know, if you, if, if you want engage with us on the social media, check us out on uh, you know, check us out on all the, all the things. If you if you're, if you're looking for, uh, for, for an advertising opportunity, please let us know. Uh, we, we are, we are more than um, willing to, to discuss any opportunities um, at this point. Um, we've been through a hundred, hundred episodes, over a hundred episodes and we're, and we're still going at it week after week. Um, so please, um, if you want, if you want another outlet, we are, we are here for you. Um, before I leave, I just want to say, uh, I just kind of want to, I just want to have a quick heart to heart. If you're having issues with your mental health, if you're with your, with, uh, with your well-being, you know, it's, 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 it's okay to go find help. Um, it, 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 it does, um, it, it does matter. We, we, we love you. We love, uh, we love our fans and we just want you to, to, to feel great about yourself. Um, and if you need that help, go, go, go get it. Cause, um, because it's absolutely important. Um, so with that, I want to thank you guys. Um, we'll be back for one I'll probably be, be, uh, be hosting once again. So, um, I, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving, uh, just driving this, uh, this gravy train as we, uh, as I, as I like to say next week, I will have a better odd, um, not that it was a bad odd, um, sports story, but I will have a better one. I promise. Um, but until then, have a great week. 